Okay, welcome back to Chatty Potter, everyone. I'm excited to have Carly on today's episode. We talk about a few things, but in particular, like so often, we end up talking about Snape, how he's not very nice, Dumbledore, how we question his decision-making, and then talk a little bit about Draco as well. Before we jump in, though, just a reminder, we are on Patreon, and you can support the podcast for just £5 a month. It's patreon.com slash chattypotter. You get these episodes early, as well as a bunch of other exclusive Harry Potter content from me. That's patreon.com slash chattypotter. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. Carly, thank you for joining me on the uh, on the podcast. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and the kind of content that you make? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Carly Roberts, uh, Carly Bavarli on TikTok. I make a lot of Harry Potter TikToks. That's the majority of it. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Um, yeah. What is it about <laughs> Harry Potter that like drew you in, made you want to make content about that? Um, I don't know. It's just, I think that's what I have the most inspiration to make. Like I just, I'll see like a TikTok that's like, I, I find audios and I'm like, oh, that would work for this character. And so that, that's just my entire page now. <laughs> it's just like the first place your mind goes when you hear something. Exactly. <laughs> was it like, was it a big thing growing up or something you were quite new to? So it was fresh in your mind? Like, um, honestly, I mean, I watched all the movies growing up. My mom like read me the first book when I was five, but I never, I didn't read the books growing up. I actually just finished the series for the first time um, early at the start of this year. But, really? So I guess, yeah, it is um, kind of fresh in my mind now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you find it for your first read-through? Oh, I loved it. I read it so fast. <laughs> Amazing. I'm always so jealous of people who read it for the first time as an adult, because I'm just like, I can't remember the big moments and reading them for the first time and what my reactions were. So like, if I read it as an adult for the first time, I feel like I'd have way more of a like emotional connection to these twists and turns. Like, well, like when Sirius in the Order of the Phoenix died, like, how, you must know exactly how you felt when that happened. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I watched the movies growing up, so like, course, I already knew Sirius died. Yeah. But like, reading the books, I was like, no, I don't want it to happen. It's not real. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, was there something that like stuck out that wasn't from the movies that you were like, oh, wow, I can't believe they missed that out in the books? I mean, there were like characters that I noticed weren't in the movies. And then yeah. like, SPEW wasn't a thing in the movies. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like in, okay, the fifth movie, Order of the Phoenix, it left out so much of the hate that the entire wizarding world put on Harry. Yeah, right. And that, it made me so mad reading the book. I was like, I can't do this right now. I have to like take breaks from it. Like I just got so mad. <laughs> exactly, because he's still quite angsty in the movies, but you don't really get a lot of like the fuel for it. You don't get everyone mm -hmm. turning against him, like him walking through the, like the halls of Hogwarts and being like public enemy number one, right? But right. in the books, it's so piled on him. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. For me, the big thing I wish they'd included in the movies was in the Half Blood Prince, like Voldemort's backstory, like all yes. the flashbacks and stuff, right? Yes. I just feel like it makes him a way more like multi-dimensional villain rather than just this guy wants to live forever and he wants to kill Harry just because. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Um. How about let's take a character totally at random, Severus Snape. How does your opinion on him form uh, through reading the books compared to with the movies? Snape is so much more of a villain in the books and I get so much hate for expressing this opinion, um, but I, I don't like Snape. I think he's really manipulative. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. You're not gonna get any hate here. I am mm -hmm. absolutely not on the Snape bandwagon, but I can't believe you get a lot of hate for that. I feel like I feel like it's a bit more common to dislike Snape than like him. Do you not find that? Um, I mean, yeah, that's what I, I guess. I'm just on the right side of Harry Potter TikTok, but that's all that I see, but 
I mean, I made a video basically like saying that all the points that people were making were like, no, like that's not, no, that's not right. And people like commented, read the books. I was like, I did. I did read them. Thank you. God, what patronizing response. So, um, okay, let's, let's deep dive this then for a minute, because there is nothing I would love to do than spend 30 minutes talking to you about how awful Snape is. So let's fill as much of this as possible with anti-Snape rhetoric. Um, So do, I suppose, first of all, what what are the big red flags about Snape? Why is it you dislike him in particular? Okay, so the argument I always hear is that he did it for love and that's what makes him a good guy. Like, I know, it's like, uh, it wasn't really love though. Like, it was really Uh one-sided. Snape was almost, this might sound extreme, but kind of like that guy that's like a creepy like stalker who like thinks he has the right to be with someone and mm-hmm. he doesn't like he thought that he should have been with Lily because they were friends and like yeah it's yeah just, nah. <laughs> there's this like I feel like there's this big thing called like nice guy syndrome right yes. where these guys they're like I'm a nice guy you just you just pick assholes pick me I'm a nice guy but as soon as you don't want to go out with them they're just like oh what a bitch like ugh. Exactly. It's like they feel like entitled to you, right? Because they were yes. like showed you basic kindness, mm-hmm. and and that for me is Snape like at his core. Like he's Lily's friend, but he's only doing it because he sees her as a commodity that he wants to exchange with, like the kindness in exchange for romance, right? Absolutely, it's so right though. It's so true. Um, so there's that, and I guess like the other big thing for me is like the fact that he bullies children. Yeah, kind yes. of a big red flag. <laughs> Absolutely. The fact that he's like Neville's worst fear is just terrible. Oh my god. Yeah, that is, that's a big moment, I feel like. Especially because you know that Neville knows what happens to his parents. Mm-hmm. So you'd think it would be like Bellatrix or something, or his parents dying, or right. whatever. Or like the moment where his parents don't know who he is. But it's literally Snape. Like that's, for a guy who's been through that much trauma, Snape Snape being his biggest fear is a, it says a lot about how he treats him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you see it like with Neville and with Hermione when like her teeth grow and he's like, oh, there's no difference. But there was that moment in potions where Snape was like, okay, well, if you're, if, once you're done with your potion, you're going to test it on your toad and we'll see how it went. And it like could literally so kill bad. Neville's toad. I know. Yeah. I, you know, what? I always, I never think about that one. When I think through Snape's worst moments, I never think about that, but that's traumatic. And you can see how stressful neville finds caring for trevor anyway to add yeah. back to the mix <laughs> poor guy yeah. so do you think there's any um saving grace to snape like his i'm going to put this in quotation marks his quote-unquote love for lily or the fact he sacrifices himself to save the wizarding world does any of that offset the negatives or not really no i think the only thing that like saves the character is alan rickman <laughs> yes i'm with you on that and i think that's what it is for people um, is that they can't separate Alan Rickman from Snape. Sure. You think yeah. if the movies hadn't come out and people had just read it, a lot more people would be on the anti-Snape bandwagon? Yes, I think so. And I think everyone says, well, oh, well, he died for Harry, but I don't I don't think Snape intentionally died. I don't think Dumbledore told him that part of the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, he's he probably knew he was in harm's way, like if Voldemort ever found out he was a double agent. But exactly. at the same time, I feel like probably didn't expect to die it's not like he was like yeah i'm putting my life on the line or dying in in you know the name of saving people mm-hmm. um was that so i guess there was no redemption as far as you're concerned for him not really like i mean i felt bad for him i was like oh he's another victim of dumbledore but it wasn't like oh yeah snape is such a hero you know 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and then Harry names his kid after him. I How know. did that sit with you? <laughs> oh, it did not sit with me. <laughs> Albus Severus is the worst name. <laughs> uh, literally, even regardless of the people it's, the, the child is named after, just mm -hmm. as a name, it doesn't even it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, does it? No. But yeah, I so so you mentioned Dumbledore. Then should we should we talk about his morality while we're going through it? Should we talk about him? I, I get the impression you're not a massive fan of his. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Dumbledore. He's also very manipulative, and his mm -hmm. motivation. He thinks Dumbledore thinks that everything he's doing is for the great of wizard kind. I guess, but I mean, he's putting so many people in harm's way to get the end result. Of his vision mm -hmm. like he's not letting me people make decisions for themselves yes that's i i feel like that's a key key part of it is that he doesn't clue people into it when he's mm -hmm. obviously i guess that's just manipulation right but he doesn't like let them know this is part of the plan i guess because they're probably going to fall into harm's way but for me a lot of dumbledore is the it's like the trolley argument right he sacrifices a, he pulls the lever to sacrifice people for what he believes is saving more people but we know deeply the people he's sacrificing and we've grown attached to them through the book so it feels like i mean let me put the i guess the trolley argument to you would you do you, do you know you know the ethical dilemma of the train yeah. on the tracks would you pull yeah. the lever to save the five if it sacrificed the one yeah is is that not kind of what dumbledore <laughs> I like don't know, I, I don't like dumbledore's manipulation either but is that not kind of what he does it is it is yeah. Like, I know it's different because we put a name and a face and a personality to the one person that you sacrifice, right? It it becomes whoever it is that it becomes serious or Fred or any of the victims of this war or Harry even. But as far as he's concerned, it's just utilitarianism, I suppose. It's just a very harsh and self-centered way of doing it. Yeah. And with Dumbledore, it's not like it's like a random thing, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hit one person or I'm going to hit five people. It's like, okay, this is like years of planning and manipulation going into like his end result that he's mm -hmm. hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I guess it's, I suppose it's not just sacrificing people either. It's not just pulling the lever and that person mm -hmm. dies. It's pulling the lever and that person goes through years of trauma and like Harry being left at the Dursleys, for example, there were definitely mm -hmm. other options for Dumbledore. Like, at that point, he doesn't think Sirius is guilty. So why not leave him with Sirius or take him to Hogwarts, which they say is the safest place? So leaving mm -hmm. a baby with a neglectful, abusive household, it's not just, I suppose it's not just pulling the lever and killing someone. It's, you know, putting them through years and years of abuse and neglect and horrible, traumatic experiences. Right. But, I mean, the reason that Dumbledore did all that is so that, like, when the time came, Harry wouldn't just go to his death to meet Voldemort, he would go willingly because he had made such strong connections with everyone he'd met in the wizarding world. It wasn't like he was leaving behind a family or anything. All of his family was gone. Yeah, that's true, actually. Oh, yeah, I wonder if he would have gone willingly if if Sirius was still alive and he felt like he was leaving him or there was... I suppose he willingly leaves Ron and Hermione, but mm -hmm. besides that, does he have super strong emotional connections to anyone like that? I guess not. Interesting thought. Never thought of it that way. Um... Is there anything redeeming about Dumbledore then in your eyes? I do think he does grow to care about Harry. Mm -hmm. But I mean, still, everything that he puts him through, it like that doesn't make up for it. Yeah, I guess in the same way that a farmer might grow to love their pig before they take him to the <laughs> yeah. slaughterhouse. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Does he deserve a name in Harry's child's? No. 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 <laughs> who would you, who would, if you were Harry, who would you, or, and Ginny, I suppose, she should probably have an input more than she does. Who would you name that child after? Hagrid! 
Hagrid. Good call. Hagrid. Yeah, so we've got Rubius, middle name. Sirius, I would say, probably. Totally fair. Although uh, the other kid is also serious, right? Is it James oh, Sirius? well then, Remus. Remus. I want to ask you about Re Remus in a minute, but we'll touch on Draco first, because okay. I, I feel like, based on some of the things you've said so far, maybe I will make you think twice about whether you like Remus or not. Uh, oh, but we'll come no. to that in a mo. Uh, Draco then, because I feel like Draco is a bit more debatable in terms of like morality and, and moral liability for things. Definitely. How bad is Draco on your scale from from Remus or Sirius to Snape and Dumbledore? Um, I Draco is definitely more of a good guy, I think. Okay. Because he was born into... Uh, the Death Eaters and everything. And he, like Regulus, he was like, he had a moral conscience and he wanted to leave and he wanted to mm -hmm. get out of it. He saw that the things that were happening were wrong. Yeah, but I guess circumstances make it easier to want to do than just do, especially at the age of like 15, 16, right? Exactly. And for him, leaving the Death Eaters was different than Snape leaving the Death Eaters because for Draco it was his own personal decision influenced by nothing, just the way that he was seeing people be treated. For Snape, it was just because Lily and James, or just because Lily died. Like, yeah. if Lily hadn't died, Snape would still be a Death Eater. A hundred percent. And I've, I feel, I mean, we're going to come back to Snape again because I feel like <laughs> there's just it's just so much easier to talk shade on him. But um, I feel like if Voldemort had decided the prophecy was about Alice and Frank as opposed to mm -hmm. James and Lily, there's no way Snape would ask Voldemort to spare them or sway Absolutely the Dumbledore's not. side or do anything. And the other thing is that Snape's in Voldemort's inner circle. If you think for a second he hasn't killed people to be held in that regard for Voldemort, like there's no way Voldemort brings him into his inner circle if he hasn't killed Muggleborns, right? I know we don't see it and it's not in the narrative, but do you really think Voldemort's going to have someone in his inner circle that, ha that doesn't kill Muggleborns when he sells them to? Like, surely he has, right? I don't know, because, okay, I'm going to admit, I listened to the other Snape episode that you did. <laughs> okay, go on. About um, the Legilimens and stuff, yeah, so yeah. maybe Snape is just tricking Voldemort. Because, I mean, deep down, I do think it really hurt Snape to kill Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. Like, he was very against it, so I don't know. I don't know if Snape really has it in him to kill people, especially because of that connection he had with Lily to yeah. the Muggle world. I think he would really struggle to kill Muggleborns. I, I see your point. But he also created a spell, and the effect of the spell are to create lacerations in skin and make someone bleed and bleed and bleed. Like, that does not strike me as the spell a merciful teenager comes up with. It was teenage angst. <laughs> I mean, that's true. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I mean, maybe he didn't. Maybe we give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um... But circling back to Draco then, I suppose, um, I, I feel like for Draco's arc, there are different aspects of bad, right? And then different reasons behind them. So for example, mm -hmm. first couple of books, Draco is the school bully. He says some, says some hurtful things. I guess that's not, it's not good. It's not as bad as like murder and being a Death Eater, but he kind of has to take moral responsibility for that, I feel like. And then mm -hmm. later, when he is literally helping the Death Eaters trying to curse Dumbledore, his family are under the threat of death i feel like he's sort of you can't blame him for that no exactly is he redeemed i suppose is the question i'm gonna get to redeemable yes because mm -hmm. yeah he was a bully um 
but I think that is just because of how he was raised. He thought that he was better than other people because sure. he was raised to believe that he was because he was a pure blood. Um, but I think like once he kind of, I, I don't think he necessarily thinks everyone is on the same playing field necessarily, but I do think he does have a little more of an understanding of other people. And that's why like when the snatchers do bring Harry and his friends to the Malfoy Manor, Draco has that moment where he just, he understands Harry as a person instead of this is Harry Potter. I hate Harry Potter. Like, and he's like, no one deserves to die. Oh, so you, th you think... Draco definitely recognized Harry and Malfoy Manor and just chose not to say. Oh, absolutely. I yeah, I think especially because I mean Harry or Hermione and Ron were both there. So who was this guy? <laughs> you th do you okay? So here's here's another question then. I guess do you think he chose not to say out of the goodness of his heart, out of okay, Harry doesn't deserve this. I'm not going to rat him out, or out of cowardice of potentially getting it wrong. Hmm. Because I, so my reason for asking is because I sort of feel like the amount that the Malfoys have fallen from grace in, since the Order of the Phoenix, like the Lucius screwing up their invasion of the Hall of Prophecies, um, and then obviously Lucius lends Voldemort his wand and then that still doesn't work. And then there's just so many instances where the Malfoys try to impress Voldemort and do it wrong that I wonder if... Draco is so afraid if they summon Voldemort and then it's not Harry, it will fall badly on him. And maybe it's out of cowardice as opposed to just, okay, I'm not going to rat Harry out here, you know? Uh, that could be, that could be part of it. Maybe I'm being cynical. No, I definitely, I see where you're coming from. And I do think that could be part of it. But I mean, I think like if they kill this guy and he's not Harry, like, oh, well, Harry's still out there. Like, what does it matter? We killed this random guy, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I suppose they wouldn't cry over spilled blood. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but no, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. And because he does continue like following orders even after that, like uh, when he confronts Harry in um, the Room of Requirement at Hogwarts, yeah. the Battle of Hogwarts. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like to turn him in. I have a question here that I wanted to ask you about Draco, depending on what your answer was. Okay. Do How much do you think Draco's um, life personality um, would have changed just from not being in Slytherin. So same family, same parents, same upbringing, but different group of people around him. Say he was put in Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw or Gryffindor. I almost kind of think he would have had like more to prove if he were put in a different house. Because Ooh, how would maybe. that look? How would that look to Voldemort if the Malfoy's son was like a Hufflepuff? Oh, yes, that's very true. I never thought, because I was thinking like, Okay, they put him in the house with a lot of other Death Eaters kids and they live in the dungeon and a Death Eater slash former Death Eater in Snape as their head of house perpetuates this lifestyle. But mm -hmm. actually, you're right. Maybe rather than a f like breaking free from it from another house, he probably, particularly when he's younger, like 11-year-old Draco wants his parents to like him, sorted into Hufflepuff, probably goes all out, particularly when the Chamber of Secrets opens. Mm -hmm. Probably is like, oh, the heir of Slytherin, I really have to do what I can to help them. I will killborns myself or something yeah <laughs> oh that's a great point i never thought of it like that mm -hmm. and because we saw that with uh the black family when sirius was sorted into gryffindor it was like a like whoa okay yeah yeah, yeah. like ostracized almost from them exactly yeah oh, great point i love that um okay let's touch on remus then because i <laughs> don't know how this will go uh you might totally blow me out of the water with my idea but Remus was a great, um, almost stand-in father figure for Harry in the Prisoner of Azkaban. We see a great relationship flourish between the two of them. 
Sirius comes back, and I presume that Remus takes a step back to allow room for Sirius to grow into that role. But after Sirius dies, Remus doesn't really write to Harry. Um, he doesn't really step in to fill that void as much as he potentially could. Fast forward to the Deathly Hallows. He then, knowing what James would feel about the fact he wasn't there to father Harry and what Sirius would feel about the fact he wasn't there to step into James's shoes, Remus then, knowing Tonks is expecting a baby, offers to step away from their family to to put himself in harm's way and potentially die in, in through Harry's mission and stuff. Do we think, based on everything we've said about Snape's decision-making, Dumbledore's decision-making, that this casts a shadow on Remus's character. Yes. I love Remus so much. He's like one of my favorite characters. And um, that didn't happen in the movies. So when I read that in the books, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, you can't leave. Yeah, when he was in Grimwald Place um, with Harry and Hermione and Ron, and he was like, I want to come with you guys. I want to help you. Harry was like, what are you doing? Like, be a parent to your kid. Honestly, I know. Frustrating. Or uh, equally, I feel like there are a lot of instances they really could have used Remus's help through the Horcrux hunt. But mm -hmm. I, yeah, I don't think it makes him a bad person, but I do think it casts a big, big shadow on his character and the, the yeah. kind of person that I, because I, I, I never really thought about it too much. And I got a DM on Instagram about three or four months ago outlining the entire thing. And I was just like, oh God, because Re Remus was my favorite character after Luna. And I was just like, oh no. Oh, goodness me, I can't look at him in the same way anymore. So I had to share that. I understand why he did it, though, because he was so worried because he was a werewolf that that would like affect um, his kid's future mm -hmm. and like how he was treated and how Tonks would be treated. And yeah, so I understand why he did it, but I it made me so sad reading that. <laughs> I guess ideologically as well, it's like, okay, well, my I can be there as a father figure for my kid but the world might be awful if Voldemort isn't taken down, or I can help take Voldemort down and create a better landscape for my child to live in for their entire life. I kind of get the way up. It's not super black and white, but you surely you know how Harry is going to react to that, knowing what he's been through with everyone who's somewhat of a father figure to him. Mm-hmm, exactly. Goodness yeah. me. Okay, well, you know what? I hope I haven't ruined Remus for you too much, but... No, no, because I, I already felt that way. But... Okay. <laughs> Um, so as I mentioned to you before, there are some questions I wanted to ask, um, okay. <laughs> for, before we start, actually, I just, um, I want to, what house are you and what's your favorite and least favorite book slash film? I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay. Um, nice. Good call. My least favorite book slash film is probably Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> okay. Um, I just, okay. So it was actually... I liked the book. It just it felt very slow, mm -hmm. but um, the movie was probably one of the worst adaptations. I thought because they cut so much of Voldemort's backstory out. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was and gutted when they cut that out because it's my favorite book actually, The Half Blood Prince. But the mm -hmm. movie just leaves out basically the things that make it my favorite book. And so much of the stuff that they added, I mean, the burning of the burrow. That oh. I was like, mm, why? Yeah, right. If you're gonna if you're gonna cut stuff, why are you adding things that don't need to be there? Yeah, and especially because, I mean, what happened over the holidays, uh, it really built that relationship with Harry and the Ministry, I thought. Mm -hmm. And it showed, like, the Ministry wasn't on his side. And yeah. so, I mean, I really would have liked to have seen that. Because, I mean, going into Deathly Hollows, you see Rufus Scrimger for, like, the first time. And you're like, why is this guy, like, the way he is toward Harry? Like, you don't yeah, see yeah. that the Ministry doesn't trust him. You're right. That's not set up at all. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite, then? 
I really like Goblet of Fire. I just think it's fun. <laughs> Th that's fine. I feel like you sound defensive already. I know, because everyone's like, what are you talking about? It's such a bad movie adaptation. And it is, because it leaves out so much. But I just, I had that book I read the fastest of all of them. Yeah, I mean, it definitely steps things up from the first three, which are typical sort of like, I feel like the Philosopher's Stone, the Chamber of Secrets, and the Prisoner of Azkaban books are typical just like mystery solving books, right? Mm -hmm. There's a few like red herrings, there's some clues to follow, and eventually you find out the answers. Whereas the Goblet of Fire steps it up to have like multiple plots and subplots mm -hmm. everything the measures are, uh, and the the things that are on the line are so much more intense and and mm -hmm. and it's absolutely heavy. it's the book where like everything kind of turns it's the turning point of the series where like okay we're not just like kids in school anymore it's time to grow up and mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah a hundred percent um yeah i'm with you on the book i i i don't think i can ever get get with you on the on the movie unfortunately <laughs> but no, the the book is great, and I guess like especially if you if you saw the films first, if I maybe if I hadn't read it before I saw the movies, I would think differently. But if you saw the movies mm -hmm. first, like the Goblet of Fire is fine. You don't know what they've missed out. It's fun enough. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. Plenty of action scenes. Like why wouldn't you love it? I suppose. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. So with those things in mind, uh, first question I have for you is, if you were tasked with and I know you've said you listened to one of the episodes of the podcast, so you might know what these questions are. If you were tasked with erasing an entire house from Hogwarts, which house are you taking out? Ravenclaw. Okay. How come? Like, you're smart, so what? <laughs> <laughs> Spite and talk. I just think that um, the Ravenclaw traits, I feel like are traits that so many of the other houses already have. I mean, you mm -hmm. have Hermione and Gryffindor who everyone's like, oh, she should have been Ravenclaw, which no, I think she should have been a Slytherin. But like anyone can be like smart and wise. You don't have to be Ravenclaw. Look how wise Dumbledore was. Yeah, right. Hermione's smart. Cedric, we know, was super smart and he was a Hufflepuff. Like mm -hmm. Draco, I'm presuming, was pretty smart. Voldemort was obviously smart and he was in Slytherin. Like you're right. Smart is not a defining quality enough to separate you from all of the other things. So that's... Mm -hmm. That's a totally fair answer, I feel like. Next question. Your magic, and you can do one spell for the rest of your life. Just one. Which spell are you picking? Uh, repair. Good answer. Do you want to give a reason? I feel like it's kind of self-explanatory. It's, but... it's just the most useful. I mm -hmm. mean, if you like drop your phone, you shatter your screen, it's like, oh, repair them. <laughs> yeah, totally with you. Okay, we're flying through these. Amazing. Which hallow <laughs> would you choose? Uh, the Cloak of Invisibility, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Good answer. I feel like... It's not an even toss. You know, in, in the Deathly Hallows, when they all say at the same time which hallow they'd pick, and mm -hmm. Harry says the cloak, Ron says the wand, and Hermione... No, Hermione says the cloak, Harry says the stone, right? And Ron mm -hmm. says the wand. I feel like most people pick the cloak, right? Yeah. I guess we've got the context of the whole story, and it's a bit I, different, I think, but... I think it's because we see it the most. That's why most yeah. people are like, oh, the cloak, obviously. But I do think it is the most useful and, like, wouldn't drive you mad like the other ones would or put you in danger. Yeah. Like, why? I, I can't grasp why anyone would ever pick the stone. Like, you bring someone back who doesn't want to be there and and they end up going back to the un, the afterlife anyway. Why mm -hmm. Why are you picking that? Yeah, you're just torturing them. Literally, yeah, and probably yourself <laughs> in the process. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you had to make up a horcrux, is there anything that comes to mind that you would turn into one? Uh, probably, like, my wedding ring, because I never take it off, so. That's smart. I guess it's it's always yeah. safe. Um, yeah. and final one, I know you've just said about your wedding ring, you're obviously married, but 
discount that for a second. Imagine you're on a date with somebody. (laughs) You're on a date with someone and it's going really well. You're connecting really well. But then they say something about Harry Potter that is enough of a red flag for you to just like run out to the bathroom and climb out the window. Oh, like that they like Snape. (laughs) I I figured as much. Yeah, that would be mine as well. Totally cool. Um, I was really hoping we'd have a bit more. um, We'd butt heads a little bit more and argue some on these points. But I feel like we've aligned on most of them. (laughs) Don't be sorry. Um, Carly, it's been so much fun. Thank you for chatting to me about Harry Potter. Is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Um, yeah, if anyone wants to check out my TikTok, it's Carly Bovarley. And I also, in my bio, have my Wattpad linked where I'm writing a Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh, what's the fanfic about? It's about George Weasley. <laughs> nice. After the events of the books, I presume. Uh, no, actually, it um, starts from Prisoner of Azkaban and it's going to go through the rest of the series. Amazing. Oh, you know what? I will check that out as soon as we go off Oh, this. don't do that. <laughs> Oh, I mean, you've just no, plugged you can, it. you can, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, everyone always says, like, you always say, like, oh, go read my fan fiction in the say, but, like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I will definitely check it out. Um, Carly, thank you so much for joining me. And, I mean, Thanks for having in me. the next run, if you want to come back for another episode, I'm yeah, sure absolutely. I can find something we will actually argue about. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> but, yeah, I would love to come back. Thanks so much for having me. 